Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Today, we're going to continue on in our series entitled The Holy Spirit Is. But before we do, allow me to just take a moment and encourage us as a congregation. No doubt you've been aware that there's some information on the news and a lot of people are kind of wrapped up in in fear and worry. And today, if you're in this place or you're watching online and you're maybe anxious, worried about what's going on, I just, I want to turn our attention to some of Jesus' words in John chapter 14. Can we do that today really quick? Uh, this, this is kind of separate from my message. This is like the appetizer before the message, okay? Uh, but John chapter 14, listen to what it says in verse 27. I'm leaving you with a gift. Can you say gift? Yeah. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now, here's what I want us to understand. Uh, We will continue to operate by wisdom, amen? Uh, But as we operate by wisdom, it doesn't mean that we have to allow fear, anxiety, or worry to cripple our hearts. So we're going to use wisdom. In fact, I'm so proud of our executive leadership team here over this last week, making sure that we are doing everything in our ability to make sure that our environments are healthy and safe for all individuals because we are in the the business of ministering to people. It's why we exist. And yet I'm so thankful that God and his grace has provided online platforms. Come on, can we thank our online team, by the way, today? Just so thankful for their willingness to help broadcast this to those who may be in different places and spaces. And so what I want to remind us as a church community and as followers of Jesus, we're not led by fear, but we're also going to make sure that we engage with wisdom. Amen. And so that's one of the things that I think is so important. Even as Garrett prayed, I think it's important for us to be praying for our city, for our nation, for our world, specifically for those who are in places of decision, but also for those who are in places where they're battling uh, sickness in their lives. And so that's going to be our position, amen? We're, we're not going to allow fa- uh, fear to cripple us. We're going to continue to live by faith, but we're also going to operate in wisdom, amen? Amen. So uh, in just a moment, we're going to look together to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. But before we get there, as we continue on now, week two of the Holy Spirit is, how many of you have ever felt the impact of a familiar voice? How many of you have ever felt the impact of a familiar voice? I was reflecting on this dynamic. As, as a kid, I could remember one time being in the Tacoma Mall with my friends. And we're just hanging out. We're, we're walking through. And, man, there's crowds of people. And all of a sudden, I stop in my tracks. My friends are like, what's wrong? And the issue was I heard a cough somewhere in the crowd. And I knew who the cough was. It was my dad. I was so familiar with with the sound and the way that my dad would cough that literally I'm walking through the mall and I remember hearing it and going, man, where is my dad at? 
I was so accustomed to his voice. Fast forward the tape, when my kids were young, I wanted to teach them and train them how to recognize if I was trying to get their attention, even if there was a crowd of people. And so I taught them my special whistle. Anybody grow up in a household where your parents had like a special whistle to get your attention? And when my kids were really little, I would do this to, to get their attention. I'd go, <laughs> and my, my kids could be in a crowd of 200 people. And if they hear their dad go, it's funny, you'll see three Soli kids go. And they're looking around. Why? Because there's something about a familiar voice. In fact, I remember Amber telling me one time when she was pregnant with one of our kids how whenever I would be up on a stage speaking, the child in her womb would begin to move and, and kind of react to the voice that they were hearing outside of the womb. You see, there's something important about a familiar voice. When, when we're familiar with a voice, we don't have to check the caller ID. We don't have to even turn around and look to recognize who it is. Why? Because we've been impacted. There's, there's an instant familiarity with the sound of that voice. And one of the things that I love about who God is is that he desires his people to know his voice, to recognize his voice. Last week as we started this series, we talked about how God the Holy Spirit is good and that he is present in our lives. And today as we continue on talking about the Holy Spirit and even as we watch that roll-in video, I know some of us, depending on our theological backgrounds or how long we've been in the church or let's be honest, how many YouTube videos we've watched, we have some different experiences or different expectations or ideas about who God, the Holy Spirit, is. I think one of the greatest hindrances in the church at large is that so many people see the Holy Spirit as an it, a thing, a force, a power. And so this idea that, yeah, we, we know the Holy Spirit exists and we know that he does something important because we read about it in scripture, but, but I don't necessarily know if I want to get too engaged with that. But today, I want us to continue in this journey and understand an important truth. God, the Holy Spirit, is personal. Can you say Personal. He's personal. He's personal. In fact, we're going to look together to the, the words of Jesus in John. And as we look to John 16, I want us to consider, do we know, do we recognize his voice? How I many you know you're, you're not familiar with a voice if somebody always has to translate that voice for you? God wants us to get to this place where we have this personal understanding of how he communicates and speaks to us. Jesus, he's talking to his disciples in John chapter 16. And I want us to start in verse 8. It says this. Jesus, speaking of the Holy Spirit, says, and when he comes. Can you say he? Again, I want to remind us, how you talk about somebody reveals what you believe about them. So notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, when it shows up, when it arrives, 
Can I tell you, I've been in different church settings, and I've been in some wild church settings, and I've been in some really buttoned-down conservative church settings. And in both scenarios, I've heard people refer to God the Holy Spirit as it. In fact, I can remember a time I was at a summer camp, and man, it just, you could sense the presence of God moving in hearts and lives. And I remember somebody saying this to a student. Ah, you got it. It. What what were they referring to? The Holy Spirit. You got it. How we talk about somebody reveals what we actually believe about them. And notice Jesus' words. Jesus always, when he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the advocate, the, as we talked about last week, the paraclete in Greek, he always refers to him using personal language. He says, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. In other words, all of the work that the devil, the enemy of our souls, had done to thwart and disrupt God's good creation... He now stands condemned because of who Jesus is and what he's come to set right. It goes on in verse 12. There's so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. Can you say guide you? He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I say the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So Jesus has this clear expectation that the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer, number one, is critical that you're going to need a guide, you're going to need a voice, and yet when that voice shows up, it's not just going to be some random force, but it's going to be a personal voice, an important voice that's going to remind us of the work that Jesus has done for us and what the will of the Father is in our lives. See, I want us to recognize something important. The Holy Spirit is a person that is personal, The Holy Spirit is a person that is personal. So we we can't just talk and leave off with metaphors that sometimes Scripture uses to help us understand who he is. The Holy Spirit is more than just wind. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not just a random force. He is God, the Holy Spirit. So we talked about last week, he is a part of the Godhead revealed in Scripture. Three in one, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And here's why this is so vital that we remember this and understand this. You can't have personal relationship with something that isn't a person. You can't have personal, listen, you might really like your recliner at home. Man, you love 
your recliner. You love spending time with your recliner, around your recliner. Man, maybe that's where you fall asleep every Sunday afternoon, but do you understand? You don't have a personal relationship with your recliner. It's a thing. It's an it. It is not alive. And when it comes to the role of the Holy Spirit, Jesus expected us as his followers to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person and we can have personal relationship with him. You can't have personal relationship with something that isn't a person. Why is this so important? Well, throughout the the kind of course of time, there's been different heresies, false teaching that rose up in the life of the church, one of which was condemned in the year 325 at one of the early church councils. The heresy was known as Arianism. And here's what the the Arians believed. They believed that Jesus was somehow created by God and therefore was something less than really God. Not only that, they believed that the Holy Spirit was also created by God, not fully God, not eternally self-existent with God from the beginning, and therefore he was a a force, a power, a, a reality, but just not God. Why is this important? Well, the, the early church fathers understood if this heresy takes root in our lives, people will have a misunderstanding of who God really is. And if we don't really understand who God is, how we begin to interact with them changes. Things get out of alignment. And by the way, that heresy is alive and well today. There's some different movements outside of the realm of what we would call Christianity that even though they look like Christianity, it's just Arianism revisited. I mean, no, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, why is this so important? Well, Jesus invites us to recognize that the Holy Spirit is both person and personal. I love what Jesus says in verse 13, that he's our guide. You want to know one of the most important things that a guide does? A guide communicates, right? Can you imagine paying a lot of money to have this guided tour and your guide never said one word to you? How many would want a refund, right? If, if you're going to show up for something that's guided, the guide better communicate something. I, w- I want you to picture with me for a moment. Somebody lets you know about this new app that's available for your smartphone. It's, it's the best GPS ever created. And you're like, well, I don't I, The one that I have already is good. And they're like, no, no, you don't understand. This thing will change your life. And you go and you, it, the challenge with this app, it actually costs a little bit of money. So you, you pay the 10 bucks to download this app and you're like, this thing better be good. And you, you put in your address where you want to go and the app never communicates a single thing to you on where you want to go. How many of you know you're going to have some words with your friend? You're going to be frustrated. Why? Because the whole role of something that is meant to guide you, it better communicate. And so what I want us to consider today is do we recognize, do we understand, do we hear the voice of our guide, which is God, the Holy Spirit. This is a huge part of what he wants to do in our lives. And yet, if we want the Holy Spirit to become personal, we need to recognize some of the characteristics of the person. 
So we can talk about him being personal, but if we never take time to consider, okay, Tyler, I get it. You, you say it's not an it, it's a him. And so help me understand, how do I know he's actually personal? Well, consider some of the characteristics that we see in the Holy Spirit. One, we recognize that the Holy Spirit has a mind. In other words, he has thoughts. We see this throughout the pages of Scripture, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, where, where the mind of the Spirit, he, he's thinking, he's moving, he's stirring. Not only has a mind, he has a will. How many know the Holy Spirit can make choices? It's not just subsequent to what we want to do. We need to align ourselves to hear what he wants to do. So he has a mind, he has a will, but he also has something important. He has emotions. Can you say emotions? In other words, do you know that the Holy Spirit has feelings? In fact, Scripture says this, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about that for a second. Do you know that we have capacity to actually grieve the Spirit of God? Well, if it's just a force, how many know the force with baby Yoda does not have feelings? A person has feelings. A person has emotions. We are able to grieve the spirit. And what that means is he's aware, he has a will, he has mind, he has emotions. And so I need to interact with him as a person who is personal. If he's personal, that means that I can have relationship with him. That's true. I want to find out, man, how do I deepen my relationship with the Holy Spirit? Think about God, not just dwelling around us, God taking up residence within us. I, I want to know how to deepen that relationship. And if you're like me and you want to know how to deepen that relationship, it's important that we learn to position our heart to know his voice. To know his voice. Why? Because he wants to guide us, to lead us, to speak to us. Today I want to highlight a few different voices that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. Number one is this. He brings the voice of direction. Can you say direction? In other words, our guide directs. My guess is if you've been following Jesus for a number of days or a number of years, you've had this process where you've been journeying through life and all of a sudden you, you hear this, this little voice. And, and even though it might not be audible, you, you get this sense, you're kind of aware, man, I'm not supposed to do this. Or, hey, the way that you just talked to your spouse wasn't right. It's kind of like, wow, where did that come from? I mean, no, our guide knows how to direct. It's not just an acute idea. We actually see this throughout the pages of the book of Acts. 
It's crazy. In Acts chapter 8, Philip, he's sent out by the Holy Spirit on this assignment. And as Philip is walking, he hears this Ethiopian ruler who's on his way home from Jerusalem, reading from the prophet Isaiah, and he's confused about it. And now because Philip obeyed the Holy Spirit, he's in position to answer the man's questions. Listen to how Acts records it. Acts chapter 8, verse 29, it says this. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside of the carriage. Can you say direction? That is direction. Philip could have just been out skipping. He could have been doing something else. But the Holy Spirit said, hey, I want you to recognize there is a God-given assignment right here in front of you. And here's this man reading from the prophets, reading from the Old Testament, and Philip shows up, walks next to him because he listened to the direction of the Holy Spirit. And he uses Isaiah to introduce this man to Jesus. He ends up getting baptized in water. A couple chapters later, Peter is praying. He's up on this rooftop. He has this vision of this sheet being lowered down, of all these animals that a good Jewish boy would not eat. And yet he hears the voice of the Lord, Peter, get up, kill, and eat. And Peter's like, no, Lord, I'll never touch anything unclean. And this happens a couple of different times during this moment where Peter is praying. All of a sudden in Acts chapter 10, verse 19, it says this, Meanwhile, while Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Go with them. So Peter goes on this assignment, and all of a sudden what happens? He shows up at Cornelius' house, and, and the Holy Spirit falls on them, and he realizes, man, God doesn't just want to reach the Jews. He also wants to reach the Gentiles. This is pretty important for those of us who are not Jewish by descent. Because of this moment, because of the Holy Spirit's leading and directing, all of a sudden the church is realizing, wait, God's great mission and God's great rescue plan is for all of humanity. How many know the the voice of the Holy Spirit directing is important? Later on in the book of Acts, Paul and his companions are traveling, and it talks about this in Acts chapter 16. As they're journeying through these different regions, they think that God is going to lead them and create an opportunity to preach the gospel here, and it says that the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. What? I I thought God just lets me do whatever I want to do. He exists to follow my plan, right? God God wants to bless my agenda. So Paul and his companions, they roadblock here. Okay, well, if, if God's closing that door, maybe it's over here and they head over here and boom, another roadblock. And another roadblock, and they're journeying closer and closer to the place where all of a sudden Paul has a dream one night. It's a vision of a man from Macedonia who's then saying, come over here and help us. If they would have gone to the first stop or the second stop, they would have missed the true divine assignment. See, sometimes his direction looks like an open door. Sometimes his direction looks like a closed door. And here's what's important to to understand about this voice of direction. The direction of the Spirit is always in alignment with God's Word. Why is that important to recognize? God will never contradict himself. You see, I get concerned at times where where people, when, when they haven't spent time necessarily learning Scripture, learning the Word, we could get over in this place and take this one singular thought and say, well, the Holy Spirit's gonna direct me and Here's the reality. If you don't know scripture, is that the Holy Spirit or was that pepperoni pizza? 
Because sometimes the voices can get confused. This is why being familiar with how the Holy Spirit speaks and directs is so very important. The voice of direction is one of the ways that the Spirit speaks to us. Second, the second voice that the Spirit speaks to us at times is the voice of disruption. Can you say disruption? In other words, our guide leads us into truth. Jesus said a moment ago, we read it in John chapter 16, that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will bring what? Conviction. In other words, that that small voice that sometimes shows up in our hearts and our lives when, when we're going the wrong way, he wants to nudge us and disrupt us. How many know it's good to get disrupted when you're going down the wrong path? It's good to get disruptive so that we can turn around and avoid the danger that's on the other side of that bend. And at times, the Holy Spirit will be a voice of disruption. And let me, let me be really clear about this. It's vital that we understand the difference between conviction and condemnation. The Holy Spirit does not speak condemnation to a follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, though, will definitely bring conviction. What's the difference between the two? Well, conviction implies that there's an opportunity still to turn and change. Condemnation means it's over. You stand condemned. That's why I'm so thankful Romans 8 reminds us there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're hearing condemnation, understand that's not the voice of the Spirit as a follower of Jesus. That's the voice of the enemy. The enemy will always try to make you believe you are condemned. That's why we have to know Scripture to say, no, I'm not condemned. I'm a child of God. But this voice of disruption, that little sense of, man, I, I know I was invited to go here, but, but maybe I shouldn't go here. That could very well be the voice of disruption trying to keep you from danger. We need that voice of disruption. Our, our society, our culture, we've confused and we've made those voices one and the same. We've made, well, conviction and condemnation, those are the same things. No, they aren't. One of them is a voice to lead us and guide us back to where we need to be. And let me ask for a moment. Listen, if it's been a while, you're a follower of Jesus, it's been a while since you felt a voice of conviction. Can I ask, is maybe the volume too loud in your life? We live enough life where that voice should be a constant voice. And again, it's not to condemn us, it's to get us back in alignment, the disruption to get us back on track. The Holy Spirit, he doesn't want to condemn, but but at times, friends, he, he will speak. But if it's been a long time since you felt conviction about anything, we, we have to ask, is the volume too loud in my life? In fact, Christoph, can, can you turn my mic off for a minute? Some of you, you can, you can hear me clearly. And I'm, not, I'm not yelling. I'm not shouting. But, but notice the atmosphere. It's quiet enough for you to lean in and hear. Let me turn it back on. How often 
Does our career get so noisy? Our relationships get so noisy? The entertainment in our lives gets so noisy? And, and the Holy Spirit wants to disrupt some things. He wants to bring some conviction to get us back to where he desires us to be. But, but the volume is so loud. And, and sometimes, friends, he's not going to shout louder. Sometimes we just have to be willing to turn down the noise, to listen. Voice of direction, voice of disruption. Here's the third voice that he brings. It's the voice of delight, delight. Oh, don't, don't miss this. Listen, our guide reminds us of our standing. Do you know that God delights in you? Some of us, we have, we have faith that God delights in that other person, but Tyler, I know me. I know the, the track record of my life. I know how much mess I've made, but no, no, no. You need to understand, God delights in you. Well, Tyler, how do you say that? How do you know that? Look at the cross. God loved mankind so much his sons, his daughters, that he was willing to allow his son to be crushed, to become your, the substitute and the sacrifice to cover over our sin. God delights in us. But has it been a while since we've heard that voice of delight? Listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter four. I love this. And because we are, not, not because we could be or we should be, because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into, his, in, into our hearts, prompting us to call out what? Abba, Father. You know what Abba means? It's a term of endearment. It's personal, intimate language. The closest word in our English language is, is the word daddy. Can I tell you, as my kids get older and older, I get more and more frustrated. Why? Because now it's, hey, dad. When it used to be, daddy. Well, anybody know the pivot that I'm talking about right there? And I've had conversations, no, you will call me daddy until you're 32. <laughs> Why? Because when they used to walk up to me and say, Daddy, there was this sense of a personal awareness. No, no kind of strings attached, nothing holding me back. No, no proper kind of facade that we're putting on. There was this personal awareness. Abba, Father. Do you understand the implications of what this is saying? That God in his grace not only saves us, but he sends his spirit to take up residence in us to remind us that we look to our heavenly father and we can say, daddy, father, personal, personal. And it goes on. Since we call out Abba, father, and now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you're his child, God made you his heir. God delights in you. Jesus said to his followers in John 10, my sheep, they, they know my voice. And what is that voice? Friends, it's a voice of delight. God delights in you. God delights in me. This comes back to this simple place and this question that we're asking. Do we know and do we recognize the voice of God the Holy Spirit. 
Do we know and do we recognize it? One of the ways that we tune our ears is we spend time in scripture, but, but one of the ways that we do it is we create time and space to simply get to know that voice. I so desire Life Center to be a place where people learn to cultivate an awareness of that voice. It's not enough just for us to hear from the Holy Spirit for an hour and 10 minutes on, on a weekend, friends. The Spirit desires to speak to you seven days a week. He, he wants to direct you this week when, when you're at work and you're not sure where to go. He, he wants to disrupt you when you're, you're about to take the wrong turn in life. He wants to disrupt you. He wants to remind you of God's delight over you and for you. Where does this bring us? It brings us all the way back to the beginning, to the book of Genesis. You see, sin marred God's perfect creation. It says this, that Adam and Eve, they walked with God in the cool of the garden. So not only did they understand and recognize God's voice, there was no personal separation. Catch this. And now Jesus is reminding his disciples, all of that is now going to be set right. Someday it will be fully realized, but when the spirit comes, we're not going to have separation from the voice and the spirit's going to take up residence in us. So there's not even going to be separation from the person. God is rescuing and redeeming and setting things right, which sin sought to destroy. No separation, no condemnation, no isolation. Why? Because the spirit up residence. He's, he's personal. Today, can I invite us to stand across this room? I want to pray for two specific things. I hope you've been joining with us every day as we've been praying a, a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself today in my life. Every day this last week, I've been praying that prayer. I hope you've been joining with me. If not, start today. We're going to pray it before we go. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself today in my life. Before we get there, can I invite us to bow our heads across this room, or maybe you're watching online, and you recognize that things are not as they ought to be in life. And even that simple statement that, that God delights in you, maybe you believe it for somebody else, but, but you look at your life and you say, man, Tyler, there's too much junk, there's too much fracture and flaws in my life. I don't know how God could do that, but, but here's the good news. God delights in you, not because of your activity, but in the activity that Jesus has done on your behalf. He lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death we all should have died, but he rose again today, if you want to know that you're new, you want to know that you have a fresh start with God, it starts by putting your trust in what Jesus has already done for you. Today, if that's your desire across this room, would you just simply raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment and say, that's me, I desire that. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Others would say, yeah, that's me in the balcony. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Come on, let's pray together right now. Jesus, thank you for these friends who are making a decision to put their trust in you. I thank you that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Holy Spirit, I pray that your voice would begin to echo in their hearts, that you delight in them. The sin, the shame, the separation, it's been dealt with, paid in full. And Lord, as well for others who are followers of Jesus in this room or watching online, as we consider our lives, Lord, would you tune our ears this week to your direction?
Holy Spirit, would you just direct us? Would you disrupt us? We need your voice of disruption. If it's been a long time since we've created space for conviction, Holy Spirit, would you bring conviction where there needs to be conviction? Lord, as well, for that reminder of delight, remind us of who we are, that we are now sons and daughters because of the work that Jesus has done for us. And so, Holy Spirit, our prayer is simple. Holy Spirit, reveal your work in us and through us today. We create space for you to show up. And Lord, I pray that as we prepare to go from this place, that we be sent out on assignment to know you and to make you known, Jesus, every place we set our feet. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.